BAM Radio Network. You write that the teacher should ditch the textbook. So if there's no textbook, then what? If as teachers, we plan things in different ways, we'll have this variability in outcomes for our students, and it'll keep things interesting and exciting and engaging. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and impact the success of every child. I'm your host today, Brian Smith. Today, I'm joined by my guest, ASCD author, Michael Fisher. Uh, Welcome to the show. So your new book, Ditch the Lesson Plan. The lesson plan is, a you know, we all know it as the mainstay of instructional practice. So why should teachers ditch it? Well, because I said so. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So when I started writing this book, it had to do with uh, instructional design. I knew I was heading in in that direction. It wasn't specifically about ditching the daily lesson plan at that moment. Uh, but then as I wrote, and it sort of morphed into this other thing, I was seeing that teachers were wasting valuable time uh, in all of this planning that they had to do beyond their school day. And they were also focusing on the time in which learning was to occur rather than focusing on the learning. So that's that's kind of the book in a nutshell. And I, I guess I am provocating a little with the title because I want it to be an opportunity for teachers to start looking at instruction in new ways, uh, ways that, I guess, maximize engagement and maximize learning, things I've talked about in previous books. Nice. So you share three different approaches to the curriculum design. So what are the three? Um, I know I have a favorite. And then how are they different than um, the ways that we've always done it? Well, the the three ways are, uh, I guess, iterations of ways we've always done it. Uh, well, beyond the, the daily lesson plan. All right, the, the first approach um, that I talk about in the book, I call a mini-unit, and it's something that I think a lot of teachers probably do already, and it's really about lesson combining and taking those pieces of uh, instruction or, or lesson planning and getting rid of all the redundancies. If something needs to be recorded on multiple days, then it really needs to just be recorded once so that we can focus on instructional actions, focus on skills, and ultimately on assessments. I think a lot of teachers just sort of naturally morph into this phase as they learn to be better teachers because uh, they know that creating individual day lesson plans are kind of a waste of time as you as you go on and you learn, you know, the craft of teaching and only really done in any, any real way because of administrative directive or for a formal observation. And I think creating many units removes some of that granularity and focuses on the learning rather than the time. So that was that's one approach. I totally agree with you on the mini unit and having them look at it kind of holistically and um, look at the whole forest instead of the individual trees. I like that approach a lot. Right. And while I don't think it's innovative necessarily, I do think it's probably the first time it's ever been written down this way and just shared with teachers, you know, in in a book like this. Right. Uh, But I do think it's kind of a natural progression of learning to be, you know, just an effective teacher. The next approach is I call it the curriculum cache or the the one-stop shop and that's where I just put everything into one big curriculum map. And so I'm using that curriculum map to uh, guide instruction uh, rather than individual plans. Now, I am going to put, like, individual, like, instructional milestones within the map, but they really don't equate to an individual daily lesson plan. Um, And so uh, at the end of this, instead of having, you know, if you've got a big unit plan that might be 20 days, I don't have 20 papers, 20 individual lesson plans. I've got three pages that document everything that I need to uh, explore with my students. And that includes, you know, the uh, big ideas, the essential questions, all the assessments, 
uh, any scaffolds or differentiated instruction that I need to put in there that I can plan for and then uh, also leaving room for things that may come up, contingencies or other scaffolds that may need to happen. This approach has a, has a breadth to it, and it does depend kind of on teachers or schools already having some documented curriculum or curriculum maps that makes this approach easier. Uh, and then part of the process with this one is aligning all the internal elements of the unit plan and then growing them into something that's more contemporary. So that's the, that's the curriculum cache. That's approach two. The third okay. approach, uh, which is my favorite, I don't know if this one is your favorite as well, I call it the triptych. And I got the idea from uh, going, I was just reading something on, uh, online about AAA, and it made me think about the triptychs that we used to get as kids. Uh, when my parents would, you know, we decided we were going to go on a trip, and my parents would order the triptych from AAA, and we would just pour through the maps whenever they came, because they had a bunch of stuff in them, you know, like speed limits, attractions. Um, events that were happening during the time that we would take our trip. And I just thought it was a pretty cool metaphor for curriculum design. And so as I thought about the structure of it, um, I thought about, like, you know, what is it that a triptych offers in terms of design and what you have to do in order for a triptych to be a worthwhile thing. And the first thing is you have to set a destination. You have to find whatever that journey is going to be, whether it's a learning journey or like a specific destination to travel to. And then in terms of instruction, we have to align that uh, destination with, with standards, with assessments, with skills, perhaps multiple types of resources that we have in mind whenever we start designing curriculum. Beyond that, we have to set essential skills for our students, what is it that we really need for them to be able to do, and then help them focus their own work. Because this is really like an inquiry model. And it, it's really promoting authentic learning uh, that has a purpose for the kids. The kids are, you know, co-designers of this. It's not something that we're going into with all of these design elements in place. We're going into it knowing that we need the students as partners to develop this triptych. So a lot of what is happening in the triptych is co-created with the teacher and the student. Then we just stay focused on the destination and how we're going to get there and how we need to refocus essential questions or uh, instructional tasks in order to reach our destination. So if, if people are interested in this one, um, I've blogged about this one since the book came out. And if you go to middleweb.com and type in triptych or type in uh, my name, Mike Fisher, you'll see the blog come up. And I give some additional ideas and examples for anyone who wants to explore this further and you were right the triptych was also my favorite <laughs> of the three do you feel like a, the triptych is an acceptable way to plan every subject or would you focus on like one or two subjects and if so like are there subjects that lend themselves more to the triptych model i think anywhere where you could have an exploration of something you could use the triptych so okay. i think that would be true in just about any subject that said I wouldn't use the triptych all the time. I don't want it to become, I don't like what close reading has become, where we have to do it every single day. Right. Um, that's not what this is. <laughs> it's a sometimes strategy. The curriculum cache is a sometimes strategy. And I think the, if, if as teachers we plan things in different ways, uh, we'll have this variability in outcomes uh, for our students, and it'll keep things interesting and exciting and engaging. And the moment we've got engagement, then they're paying attention. If they're paying attention, then they're learning. And if they're learning, they'll perform. And that's what we want. Very nice. All right. So in the encore section of the book, you write that the teacher should ditch the textbook. So if there's no textbook, then what? <laughs> I say this all the time to teachers. <laughs> uh, I do a lot of work with 
curriculum design. And a lot of times there's uh, a very specific marriage between what happens in the classroom and what the textbook company told them to do. And I really want to see, you know, teachers doing their, their own thing. And the essential things here are the content, the skills, perhaps the assessments. I guess, too, the cognitive level of what kids are doing. Like if, if the textbook says they have to identify the characters, but, you know, the, the assessment that's out, that lives outside of the textbook says that they have to tell how the characters contribute to the plot development, you, you've got to do some, some stuff that's outside the, the vendor product. You know, all resources are ephemeral. They're going to come and go. And if you work with singular resources and you plan around a singular resource, then you have to redo all the work when the resource disappears. Right. So if you plan for these, uh, these instructional seeds, these elements uh, that are going to stay the same, content, skills, and assessments, and the standards that they're aligned to, then if the resource does leave, then you've got a lot less work to do to bring in a new resource. And I, I tell teachers all the time, I would bring in resources regularly anyway. I mean, we live in a world where multimedia dominates, you know, everything that we do. I would be bringing in lots and lots of different types of media uh, for developing, you know, knowledge around content and the skills that how we interact with the media, how we make new things out of the media, you know, just so that any resource could be applied to what we're doing. And we're not having to reinvent the wheel every time a new resource comes around. Exactly. You know, as a kindergarten teacher, there are no textbooks really for kindergarten. So um, it's very similar to what you're talking about is how... I created my lesson plans, but now I'm going to ditch them. Uh, so, <laughs> so if a teacher wanted to earn the gold star for contemporary curriculum design, what would be the very first thing that they would need to be doing? Ditch everything they've done. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> done. Um, I think the I think the big thing is to talk to their colleagues. Like they need to have a meeting. In order for this to be a real thing, it can't just be the Lone Ranger teacher that thinks this is a good idea. Um, it's got to be something that's more systemic and where a collegial group is coming together. I, I'm including the students and the administrators here, too. Buy-in matters a lot. The second thing would be to uh, just question your resources. Look at what you're dealing with and question, you know, are you using this because it was given to you and it's an expectation, or do you have a deep understanding of the skills and, you know, contemporary classroom actions? But I really think teachers should be the ones designing their curriculum rather than just using a bunch of instructional resources that they've been handed. So in the book, I wrote that curriculum is not a pizza delivered, it's a pizza made with quality ingredients and creative recipes. And I want people to, I want teachers to be creative. And I want to be creative with their students, not just for them. Well, I want to, uh, again, tell everybody that your book is Ditch the Daily Lesson Plan, and you can find it at www.ascd.org. So... Thank you, Michael Fisher. Um, it was a pleasure. And thanks again for listening to this episode of ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.